Jermaine, aka the guy that watches stuff. <laughs> that was so bad, man. I didn't even like that one. You got a different one? You want to try again? No. No. Watches, <laughs> and then you said stuff, and then it kind of trailed off of that. Yeah. And I'm Dale. And this is episode forty-one. You can watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our channel. You can support us on Anchor. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Okay, so this week we've watched two very different films. The first being Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. This is this. This is the the is he the oldest Hemsworth? I it's like no. four or three of them. There's like there. a bunch of them, right? <laughs> no, he's not. He's the I think he's a middle one. He has an older brother, and then Liam Hemsworth is the last one. I'm gonna call them Hemsworth because there's like a bunch of them, All right? Um, which is on Netflix. Let's talk about it. What was everyone's initial thoughts? You know, as an action movie enthusiast, I was looking forward to this film. Mm. Um, it was good. You know, I I enjoyed it. It did what it was supposed to do. It wasn't, you know, it didn't blast my face off or anything like that, but it was pretty good. So just for everybody to know what it's about, it's basically about um, a black market mercenary who embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he enlists the rescue of the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. And so the story ensues. Um, overall, I thought the story was kind of weak, you know, but most action movie stories are. It's like, oh man, you kidnapped somebody, let's go save them. And there's um, room for action, you know, people with guns and the opposition that you have to get through. Um, I will say the action sequences of this movie were excellent. The choreography was done really well. Um, funny enough, uh, one of the years I did tactical training with the um, assault rifle, and I saw him using a lot of those um, moves that they were showing us. So as far as the gun movements and um, finding every angle that they could get to use to get the enemy, that was actually pretty accurate. And I really appreciated that. And I'm pretty sure that they put a lot of work into it. So uh, shout out to the director, Sam. I forget his last name, but his first name, Sam. <laughs> Sam I, Godfrey, I think it was. Um, that... Um, I think, let me just touch on some of the highlights, that 12-minute um, um, one-shot action scene. Because the film doesn't start out like that, but then it just goes into that, and you're like, whoa, wait a second. And um, just the transitions that they were doing there, although you could see some of the hidden cuts. Um, uh, I looked at the production, it was like 2018, so I cannot say that they were copying um, 1917, but I will say that they were kind of late to the punch when it came to using that one um, camera angle. 
Um, but it was still good. It was still good. I really enjoyed that. And then my biggest complaint was the color correction of this movie. There were scenes that were cut together that were two different colors, and it bothered me. The pacing was a little bit off, too. It starts out hot and heavy, and then after the action scene, there's a lull for it seems like an hour, and then it picks back up in the end. So that's my take. I didn't mind the lull. I understood why, because you kind of want to those breaks in tension and action because you kind of can't spend a whole movie on the edge of your seat wondering where it's going to go next. You kind of need that breathing room to relax before you pick back up again. And it opened up that whole transition, not transition, opened up that period of you see him and the boy actually connect and bond because they start acting each other their name and you get the background. He finds out the boy plays piano mm-hmm. and then you have uh, Dave, Dave Harbour, you know, Mr. Netflix with Stranger Things coming in. So, hey, it's true. But it is come, true. He comes in, and then you you will assume because he has a rapport with this person, it's going to be okay. The person's not going to turn at him. Oh, no, but then, in typical action movie fashion, he turns at him. Um, what the thing I like, like, like it's very Rambo esque. Mm-hmm. Like, if you grew up watching those, like, I could pro- watch this movie, I was like, yo, um, Stallone would have been amazing in this movie in, like, your 90s or 80s or whatever. But um, the scene I liked the most, and I shouldn't say I liked the most, I did like the dynamic of um, Chris Hemsworth's char- character and the boy's original bodyguard when they were going into it. Like, and they kind of took out a whole private military by themselves. Yeah, they did. Until the end. Which I thought was amazing. I do agree with the color correction. I'm not a fan of, you know, the whole third world country thing of being yellow or orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could see they went out of their way to color correct and mask just those spots. Because when Chris Hem, there's a shot where Chris Hemsworth is in a building and the building behind him is white, but the sky is still orange. And that's a weird color contrast like how is like the building should be yellow as well if you're going to go all the way right so i thought and i always have issues with that personally so but all in all i thought it was a good movie i did like the ending though so i'm ready the ending was good i'm um, hopefully you know the second one comes up and then another thing i like about the ending was the duality when we're first introduced to Kent chris Hemsworth character we see him jump into the water and that whole quote about it's not the drowning that kills you it's the submerging yourself in water and you see that come again as a bookend when the kid does the same thing before he comes back up, which I thought that was a nice touch. So that's, me. that's it for we, me. We actually kind of see it twice, though, when Hemsworth falls off the bridge. And he's uh, he's floating to the bottom. Yeah. But yeah. then when the, when the boy comes up, then you see the figure in the background kind of posed like him, his yeah. hands in his pocket. The whole ambiguity was pretty cool. I like that. Leaves it nice and open. Yeah. Um, yep. I really liked this movie. I love, like, a good, like, this hour and 40 of just people beating each other up. And, you know, I, I love that stuff. Like, that is... Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is that a good thing? But like, 
I love a good, brawly, like gritty fight. And I loved that there was just a bunch of sequences of people were just getting their heads blown off. Like, it's just, I don't know, there's something about that that's so like <laughs> cathartic for me. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> die. Like, I don't know. I'd probably need to see someone. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I really did like that. I found this quote that someone had said about Chris Hemsworth specifically. Um, and about this movie, they said that powered by the charisma and physicality of its star, this often thrilling action film does more than enough to suggest that Hemsworth has found his genre once he hangs up a certain hammer. And mm -hmm. I and I completely agree with that because when I was watching it, I was like, this is what Chris Hemsworth is meant to be doing. Like he's meant to be strutting around with a gun, just like beating dudes up. Like this is his niche. Like that's where he thrives. That's what I feel like. Because I feel like he's done other stuff, but it has not been <laughs> that good. And I feel like this is his, he's like, I don't know. Yeah, you said it, Sylvester Stallone. You know, one of those guys who was just like, this action world is their world. And they're very good in their world. So, you know, he's doing charisma, like the charisma and like being funny and stuff like that. I feel like all of that mixed with the action stuff is like his vibe and I liked him in his vibe so I enjoyed this film a lot um and I like that it was like I mean there were definitely bad guys like obviously the, the main drug guy who was killing everyone like he was terrible but with the bodyguard who just works for the drug lord of who's the father of the kid I was like yeah I, I like that they showed his life a little bit where like He's about to die, but you know he has a family, right? Like, <laughs> you can't, we can't dismiss that fact. And I like that family was a huge part of this movie, like it is with a lot of action movies. But, um, yeah, like Chris is doing it because he lost his kid and he's trying to like find redemption with this other kid and like all this other stuff. I like that. Um, I agree with the pacing. It was, I thought it was necessary that they took those breaks so we can get story because otherwise it's just people getting shot at. So I feel like that portion of it was very important. Um, I love that David Harper just showed up in this movie. <laughs> I love that. I was like, I was like, is that David? I was like, is that David Harper? Oh my God. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, what are you doing here? I was so happy that he was there. Um, he's a brawler too. He looked like a good brawler in these movies. And he's a big guy. Like Chris Hemsworth is a big guy but he's also David's a big dude so when they were going at it I was like I would not want to be hit like that like <laughs> I would be flatlined because that was a good brawl like I said love a good brawl um and the female there weren't a lot of female characters in this but the one the main agent I liked her a lot even though she was in it that much <laughs> I, thought I she, liked her too she was yeah, great she was a cool cool lady um <laughs> Think, and yeah, and so it's funny that you brought up that like one shot sequence because when I was watching it, I was like, have they cut yet? Did they cut? Like, I feel like they haven't cut. So I had to like rewind and watch it again just to make sure that I was seeing what I was seeing because I was like, I feel like they have not cut yet. And then when I realized that they didn't, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I like that they just dropped that in there too. Like, it just, I don't know. This movie was way too good that, like, it was better than it needed to be for me. But I liked that. I liked that I didn't feel like I wasted my time at the end of that, you know, hour and however long it was. I was like, I actually thoroughly enjoyed myself. 
the ending was a little long for me. Like the, people were just like it wasn't a lot happening. People were just getting shot at and killed. And I was like, okay, well, how many guys are how many goons are we gonna kill and shoot before we get to? Can they cross the bridge? Like, what's gonna happen? Like after a while, I was just like, okay, guys, come on. What? <laughs> it kind of felt like a hard Call of Duty mission at the end. That's what I, I yes, liked. it did. It felt like a video game. Like when I was watching it, I was like, "This seems like a video game." <laughs> I wanted to play Ghost Recon after watching that whole yeah. office scene where he's shooting the guys. Like, I gotta mm -hmm. play Ghost Recon again now. But yeah, oh yeah, the fighting choreography was amazing. Everything it, that they knew what they were doing with that, and um, apparently, the Russo brothers were involved in this movie, so <laughs> that's probably why it looked as good as it did in terms of like the fighting choreography because they're that's their thing. Um, yeah, and Chris being in it, that's hilarious. A whole bunch of Marvel people just like, <laughs> get in this movie. <laughs> You're all gonna be in it now. But yeah, I liked it. And I liked the kid too. Like I was, I was rooting for him to go home. Um, I was shocked at the fact that he was allowed to go to a club when he was like 14. I was like, like I'm sorry, what what's happening here? Like when you have money, international club though. It was like yeah. a club for real, like for grown people, and he would just like walk up in the spot. I was like, who are you? <laughs> Look, you are you gonna tell the kid of a drug lord he can't come in his room? And his friends, and his all his little buddies came too. That's the thing. Like, but well, also they have, <laughs> they have all age clubs though. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. They I thought they were like, like teen clubs and there were like yeah. grown people clubs and then yeah like, they have like teen clubs like there's a like there's a skating rink near me like every weekend they turn this little teen club thing. That's you know, one of the one of the kids I talked to was like, Yeah, I'm grown, I'll be going to the club. <laughs> I'm like, little boy, you go to the skating rink, be quiet. But, yeah. Um but also when I watch these action movies, I'm like, these injuries should have killed y'all. How are y'all still alive? Like I I'll never understand that part of it. Hey, that's the joy of action movies. They injuries, you know, they just unrealistic. That's the good like, part. Severe wounds, broken bones, like collapsed lungs. Like, how are you guys still breathing? I just don't. I don't. Adrenaline. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, y'all are fools. Y'all are some But Anyway, <laughs> that, those are my thoughts on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh man, Loki. This movie reminds me of Man on Fire. Now that I think about it. Oh, okay. That's a good one too. Yeah, so I'm a sucker for Denzel. So yeah, after we were talking about, it, I was like, "Yo, this movie reminds me of Man on Fire." Like, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. That's what I thought when I was watching the movie. I was like, "This looks like Man on Fire." Like, this feels exactly like Man on Fire. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my favorite movies growing up. So I was just really excited that I saw something that looked similar to that when I watched <laughs> it. Um. <clears throat> oh, you just texted me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, so yeah, what are we reading? <laughs> Did you guys already read it? I don't know. No, I'm, I don't know. I'm gonna give it. What should I give it? I'm doing an eight out of ten. I feel it in my heart. Yeah. I kind of want to go higher, but those color correction things, man. <laughs> I don't know. I can't move past that. And I do think the lull in the middle was a little long. True. But I'll yeah. I'll give it the same for the color correction, yeah. My issue is um 
I kind of feel iffy on it, like, because I understand the movie is, like, set in Bangladesh, you know. My thing is always, as a person of color, it's the optics of seeing a white man just go straight through <laughs> a minority group, which, you know, it's still, it still will always be there. I mean, I mean, the amount of violence they had to show, I don't think they really should have. And it's weird. I don't feel as pressed about the violence when it was the other guy doing it, because kind of like a black guy, a black guy finding a black guy. But it's always different when it's a white guy. I don't know. I don't know. But that, that bias is still there. But I still oh. give it a nine, a nine out of ten. I'll probably still re- rewatch it in a couple of days. I'm glad he found his wheelhouse because I think what Men in Black, what Men in Black issue was, we know that's Will Smith. So like don't do it and we'll like with the men in black they're still trying to cash it on a lot of the marvel comedy in a way which mm-hmm. kind of works and kind of doesn't but you can see chris hemsworth can play a straight man with no emotions perfectly so yeah <laughs> yeah i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten i enjoyed it i liked it a lot actually more than i thought i would so yeah eight out of ten Okay, so the next movie we're going to talk about is the half of it. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Leah Lewis, who I've never heard of before. Since she's a new actress. Um, directed by Alex Wu. Okay. I know y'all have not seen this movie, so I can't... I've I don't know how... No, no, no. I mean... No, what I'm about to talk about, the movie I'm about to talk about, not this movie specifically, but like <laughs> movies in this vein of, like, it's in this vein of like teen young romance. Um, I've watched a lot of those films, used to be a big fan of those films. Um, and I was really trying to see how this was not like a to all the boys I loved before mixed with like. This other Netflix movie called Sierra Burgess is a Loser mixed with like Call Me by Your Name. Like I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't see how like it wasn't one of, it wasn't like an amalgamation of all of those movies. And I tried to be down with it because I, I saw the potential and a lot of people actually like this movie, but it's just, there's something about it, y'all. There's something about it. What do y'all think? <laughs> with me, I like this whole Netflix thing of setting all the, all their teen movies and young movies in like the Pacific Midwest for some reason is on the Pacific Pacific Midwest or like the the Poconos regions of the East Coast, <laughs> like that's like the weird. Alleghenies and stuff. Um, watching this movie, it was weird. I first thought that it was a bit of um, you got mail in the beginning, but yeah. then I was like, oh, it's not you got mail. It's it's Cerno. Cerno is basically a play where this guy, two guys like the same girl, but one is better with words and one is kind of simple. So he basically does the whole love letter thing here, which it, it it's actually a beat, almost a beat for beat of Cerno. But I thought it was wonderfully well acted. Um, oh, great. Landed mm-hmm. perfect. Um, I thought the other male lead, though, the male lead, I felt like they kind of oversold how dumb he is. Mm, yeah. In a way. 
because there's a situation where they're talking about, you know when you like somebody and you always notice the little things? And you become attracted to those little things. When he she's telling the little things, he's like, oh, oh my gosh, I don't even like, you don't even like her. And you can, you notice all those things. And I'm like, no one is that right so like you have to catch some of the some of the signals hello right so yeah other than that i thought it was fine um (laughs) the whole small town the football team is bad and the rich white kid owns the whole town and somehow he's being the only spanish girl in the city kind of eh. yeah but yeah and the fact that he's very vapid and stupid so there are yeah. things there that I didn't like, and there are things there that I thought was wonderfully done. But yeah, all mm-hmm. in all, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of the shots that they did were very thoughtful, uh, as far as like train yeah, tracks and yes, right. Um, some of their shots, I just I don't I can't think of anything in particular, but a lot of it it just looked like a really nice movie, like the. Um, scenery at least um yeah the male lead was too dumb it's like you punched him in the face and he's like oh it came from the sky it's like you standing right there staring at him with your fist balled up um i kind of liked how in some moments where the characters could have spoken yeah the dialogue was i like the dialogue in this mm-hmm. minus Minus um, the male lead. It was like, it's almost like it's, I, I'm definitely agreeing with you, Dale. It's almost like they tried way too hard with him, but everybody else was, did a good job. I think the character development was really good, especially of um, Ellie Chu. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like the whole talent show thing, that whole scene, but. I guess they were showing that um, the male lead had her back. Um, I mean, they show that in, even though he only went to her to write a letter or somebody like that, they are French. They actually, he actually grew a friendship with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the onus on her character because she kind of, it's a very kind of immigrant thing where you self enclose. Like, for the most part, a lot of us immigrants tend to being communities where it's just immigrant communities we don't really expand to the area and I think for her it was kind of that and because the only other Asian person there is her father they're bonded at the hip especially when you find out her mother's dead well how her mother died so at that point they're bonded at the hip and I think her thing her whole evolution is not just understanding what love is is her interacting with other people because she had no basic concept of like what is love how do you know love of things like that. She builds a friendship with him and they're talking about stuff casually and then through her writing letters for him, she builds a relationship with the girl. You know, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, yeah, the, the, uh, the woman who plays Ellie, uh, Leah, she is so good. And I'm really like I'm 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 proud that there are more films with Asian leads, especially Asian women. So like I'm very grateful for that. 
that that just exists <laughs> in this world now um, more frequently. Um, I, I guess I'm thinking about like the larger themes of like what this film is trying to uh, communicate to us. And I, I think that the like whole notion of like, like the speech that she gives at the end in the church and she was like, love is messy and it's selfish and it's blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, I don't know if that's true. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I can agree with you, sis. Like, I'm not, I don't know. We're not on the same, like, we're not on the same page. And I, and I bring that up specifically because of the target audience that this, these type of movies are geared towards. Like, you don't want to put out message like certain messages that like oh you have like you have to be suffering in order for you to actually love someone like if you're not in pain if they're not in pain if everything feels like it's falling apart then you're not in love with this person and it's just like well no like that's not I mean love is love is hard like you have to sacrifice stuff but it's also a decision that you make so like like it's a choice so if you don't want to feel those things, you don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there has to be like a, I mean, I don't know. I just felt, I don't know. I just felt like there was something a, a little off about that, but maybe she's young and she's, she's just figuring it out. So maybe like, as she gets older, she'll figure it out more. But I mean, just in the, just in the moment that we're watching. My thing like, is I'm yeah. there with you. It does feel, it feels off because yeah. I feel like the whole concept of love is just kind of getting muddled because you have such a complex situation. You have um, very, like, very strong stereotypes of love, but mm -hmm. then you have the main character who is not the stereotype. Mm -hmm. But you want to accept her, but at the same time, she's trying to figure it out herself. And I felt like the movie did not truly explain how... Um, I guess the the love process of a lesbian woman, or is she bisexual? I'm not yeah, I sure. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I see it. I see like each character, whether it's the um the girl Aster, um, Leia's character, or other male lead. I feel bad for not knowing this character's name. Paul. There it is. Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. <laughs> um I think. I think how every character um, explains love is actually, it's not just one thing, it's all those things. Like, she's kind of making, like I guess said, love is a decision. She was making a decision to love her boyfriend, you know. Hmm. Elle was making a decision based on love, but love is bold because she's not a bold person. Like, hmm. love brings out her comfort zone. Paul's thinking is love is putting in work and understanding and learning about the person i think what each individual character did is they kind of encapsulated what love is all together just separately like love is all those things you kind of you got to make the choice to love them if you love them you kind of you kind of do got to be bold to go out your comfort area and you also have to be able to work with the person because you can't just love somebody and don't know anything about them like he mm -hmm. did you kind of have to learn and he grew as a person was like oh i loved your pain he loved art he started reading so you can actually taught her yeah, like you have to do all so those yeah. all those things, which I thought was really, really good. So Yeah. I think yeah, yes, and I and I agree with you. I think that on the whole, I guess you have to look at all the characters together to get the the meat of it. 
and that she wasn't, she was, yeah, I guess she was, well, she was fluid in her sexuality, let's just say that, since, we, since we're not sure, like, what it is, <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool, do that, um, I, I don't know. There's something about this movie where, I mean, and not this movie specifically, but like the movies that have come out recently that's been focused on like teen love stories and stuff like that. And I'm just like, can these kids just be kids? Like they're so depressed and like, just feel and, like they're like reading depressive authors and just like, oh, no one understands me. Like life is so difficult. And I'm like, damn y'all like just, go to prom like <laughs> have a good time everyone's just so stressed out and i'm like i think that's how we all remember like, that way when i was a kid probably i think i we remember all... it being that bad or maybe it was i just can't i just can't remember i think i don't think it was yeah, that bad I, I think it was it's easier to relate to the bad things than the good things like if you think about it you can probably remember more like your relationship with your parents you could probably remember more negative interactions and positive ones although you kind of know there are positive ones you can kind of do it's kind of like that you kind of do remember the negative stuff more easier than the good stuff like the good stuff you kind of have to work for and everybody can relate oh i didn't feel like going to prom everybody can relate to those kind of things yeah i guess i guess so mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, geez can these kids do their homework i'm tired no, of kids not doing their homework her do teacher's wrong I've never had a teacher that I've let people copy, that copy her, copy her students' work without telling nobody. Nah. I was like, oh, now I have to actually read these papers. I was like, girl, this is your job, okay? <laughs> Stop playing games. Um, but there, I there, the line in the beginning when she was like, "This is not a love story." It reminded me of this other movie called um, "Me, Earl, and Dying Girl." which was also about like it means about a girl who has cancer and who is dying and he is in love with her and i think he's in love with him too if i remember correctly but i love that movie there's like these i feel like this movie has the potential to be one be one of those outlier teen movies i think they leaned a little too heavy onto the stereotypes of high school which kind of you know made it a little weird but um Movies like that and like Lady Bird and stuff like that, where where they talk about these things, but they do it in a, in an interesting way, so you're not like, I don't know, it feels a little bit more fresh. Um, and I think maybe this movie has the potential to do that. The beginning sequence was beautiful. Did you see that little, little designs, little animation, whatever? Anyway, um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about it. It was yeah, it was good. <laughs> I do one thing. I don't know. One thing I would say is I think it needed to improve upon her explaining or showing her sexuality mm. a little bit more. And I kind of feel bad for Aster at the end is because she kind of realizes, oh, she likes me. And at the end, they kind of get into this little tit for task, like how I'm sure I'm not sure kind of thing. Mm -hmm. of, Am I like attracted to you kind of thing, mm -hmm. which I wish they kind of, you know, did it kind of, hey, maybe I like you, maybe I'm a lesbian, maybe I'm not, wink, wink, and they just let it go. So, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, there's this thing called queer baiting, which is where you kind of drop something like that in your movie or your television show to seem like you're with what's going on now, but you're mm -hmm. not fully, you're not diving fully into it. Like, you're just like, you know, 
putting just sprinkling it in there just to like grab certain people like a certain audience mm -hmm. um and yeah i don't know that's really difficult for me to understand well not to understand but just to like have an opinion on because sometimes you don't know sometimes mm -hmm. like i have these feelings for you and i'm not really sure what they mean and i have to figure those things out so sometimes you don't know and then there's other times where people like you fully get like you can lean into that and explore that as a complete story. Um, so it's, I'm not really sure where people stand on that. I mean, I am a straight woman, so I, don't, I can't really have an opinion on this, but just from what I'm seeing, like it could have been that, it could have not been that. They could have explained it more. Maybe they mm -hmm. didn't have to, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Just picking off, piggybacking off of that, that was the issue I had. I felt like it's just kind of vague. I would like to know more, especially if we're going into the subject matter. Um, uh, we're starting to see more and more movies like this pop up, so start pushing the envelope. Yeah. Storytellers. I wouldn't say pushing the envelope. I prefer it to be like, re I mean, a little realistic in a way. Mm. You know. What do you mean by that? I don't know, like, usually there are people who find difficulty, am I a lesbian or am I not, but you, it's, you're shown that through the interaction of these people, like, there are people you might know, like, oh, they're not sure if they're gay or not, or not. are there people who will come out openly and say it, like, you don't get that from her, she goes, all you know is, oh, I like her, and then that's it, but I'm not going to say anything, but you mm. don't get the other side from um, Aster, where, oh, she falls for a boy who's not really a boy and then you don't we don't get i wanted to see her wrestle with that okay thing, well, like, you know which is weird because she is like she's assuming this boy is writing all these letters to her and she mm -hmm. meets the boy interacts with the boy she knows the boy likes her but then oh guess what i'm a girl and i like you there's no that how does it crisis of consciousness mm. you know in a way which I thought would happen, especially considering that she still has, even though her father is the pastor of the church, mm. you don't see her deal with it. And she's reasoning like, oh, do I believe in God or stuff like that? You don't see her reason with, am I a lesbian or that kind of thing? Or do I have the same feelings for her that she has for me? Yeah. You know? Okay. That's just me. Yeah. That's probably wrong as a straight man, you know, who's kind of concrete in what they believe. So well, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because we don't really see that. In fact, the part where she and um uh the chew girl they go to the um the swimming hole, I thought she knew them. You know, I thought she had an idea that that was her and that's why they were all they were in the um, pool playing and stuff like that. I think she picked uh, up on it though. Because if you watch her character when she's talking about the painting, she notices that bold stroke. And there's a good 15 minute segment where we're talking about art and bold strokes. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like, I think in her head, I want to be sure, because she assumes that they're already friends off jump. So you kind of want to make sure, is he really writing these letters or is her friend, or is the friend, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Let's rate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I give it a solid seven out of 10. Yeah, me too. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I give it. I give it an eight out of ten. Mm. Um, I'm happy that all these old like 
play like either Shakespearean or French plays or that whole era that they're being redone again modern. Like it's in like we haven't had that since like the nineties or early two thousands, you know. Or you had a Romeo and Juliet, oh like Save the Last Dance, um all those oh. movies some Ooh, I need to watch that again. You know, <laughs> Taming of the Shrewd, you know, with Ooh, that was my dream. Taming of the Shrewd is um, Deliver Us from Eva with Gabrielle Union. But yeah, yeah. I'm glad that whole, uh, thing is back. So keep it coming. Um, Let's move away from small towns, please. Yes, please. please. <laughs> Show more size of the country. You know, right. uh, Leia. Girl played Ellie True. I think she's like amazing talent. She's gonna be so good. An amazing good. actress down the road. So yeah, I believe it. Yeah. And I also like the little thing I noticed is when she reveals how like her sexuality, she stops layering and she starts wearing colors and pastels. Yep. And at the end, I like that touch. So yeah. It's almost like she's shed a little bit of her childish nature almost. No, it's I see it as more she's not as guarded anymore. Like, yeah, that's she's all those layers are gone. So yeah, that's and she kind of her her clothes were a little bit more feminine in a way. So it's more of a maturity. Yeah. So yeah, that's me. This is who I am. Okay, cool. <laughs> now let's move on. So what's trending? Beanie, your girl Beanie. My Beanie Seals Bean. She's going to be the leading actress in um. I'm so proud of her. How to build a girl, you know, with Greta that again. Oh, right there. Yeah. So I guess Greta Greta's become one of those directors where she's found her cast now, and her go-to people, and Beanie's mm-hmm. one of them. So, hey, I find her her like personally. I find Beanie's growth or appearance as an actor kind of weird like i don't know i feel i find acting families weird because i see with kids it's different when kids or parents act as different kids against stuff whereas when it's siblings it's a little harder okay so like her brother's been acting for the last what 15 years almost yeah she kind of had to what is going on that's your That's your main. Your main. Okay. What? The, nothing's happening uh-huh. over here. Mm-hmm. Enough. But yeah, so I'm proud of her. You know. I am too. She's mm-hmm. so great. I just love that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love that all of these young stars who like you either like you know that their siblings have acted or you've seen their parents do stuff. Or they've just, or they've been in like little stuff, and now they're in bigger stuff, and they're just having like their careers are expanding. Like Judd Apatow's daughter Maude, she's in Euphoria. She's in this the new Pete Davidson movie. Like she's killing it. Like I'm very, I'm very excited about this new crop of actors who are coming up. I feel like they're there's there's something serious, man. There's something serious to contend with, and I'm really excited about that. Um, was there any? Sorry, was there anything else I mean? <laughs> Um, I know community, the community cast, like they're another one of those shows where somebody has a podcast, but they got together again. Um, I think this past Saturday and they had a, a table read of an episode, which will come out on a later date. And the one of the funny things like happened with it was they're all like 
chatting and hanging out and like, oh, I'm gonna share this with the group chat. And Donald Glover's like, oh, I was thinking we should start a group chat. And someone was like, oh, we have one. And he's like, what? Oh. And they're like, yeah, we thought you were too busy to hang out with us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Donald Glover's like, why, why would you say that? <laughs> so oh, yeah, I thought that was funny. So I thought they was thought funny. he got too big that they should yeah. do in their group chat. <laughs> That's funny. That is too good. Uh, when you realize that you're not in the group chat, no, that feeling is not good. That's not a nice feeling. And then I get only other news happen is sadly, um, if you're a big like Seinfeld fan or mm-hmm. King of Queens fan, Jerry Stiller, the father of uh, Ben Stiller, um, he passed away. Yeah. I guess in his sleep. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's been a lot oh, of people passing away. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. But I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I know this guy. Like, I've definitely seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I realized that that was, yeah, Ben Stiller's dad. And you've had um, Little Richard passed away. Yep. As well. Um, Legend. Yeah, so, yeah, man. He was, like, he was doing androgyny before, like, anyone was really And everybody it. else. Yep. Yeah. And I really, like, he, he was totally a transgender. Trans, transgender. So, mm-hmm. that was really... Well, yeah. Um, there have been a lot of reunions and happier and, and lighter news. Um, <laughs> Parks and Recreation had their reunion, and that was so wonderful just to see all of them back together as like a huge Parks and Rec fan. The Office just had a reunion, like a mini one on John Krasinski's like some good news show that he does, which is really cool. Um, and they created Jim and Pam's wedding, and they all danced to that Chris Brown song, and I was like, oh my god, this is so emotional. Uh, that stuff really brings tears to <laughs> well, it brought tears to my eyes. I don't know if it brought tears want, to want, want more tears to your eyes? Yeah. They so the Friends, nice. the Friends reunion is going to film at the end of the summer. Which is great. I'm so excited for that. I knew you would light up. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm excited yet because I don't mm. know what this story is going to be. I'm a little afraid, but <laughs> um, but in better news, um, HBO Max is coming, which means that Friends is coming, and got to wait two more weeks, and then I will be able to watch Friends again, and that makes me feel good. I have something to look forward to. In this pit of darkness, there is light. Do you have a show that you want to have a return special, Jermaine? No, but I have a movie series. What? Rush Hour. <laughs> you asked me that back from the death. I had to remind you guys. Uh, Good lord. I, I can't wait for like 15 years down the road. We're talking about a How I Met Your Mother special. Mm-hmm. Even though the last season was boo boo, but hey. Yeah, oh, it was so terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> I remember watching it and I was like, is this really watch up? You guys are going to do this? Like, this is going to be the season? Okay, fine. Um, Gossip Girl's already coming back, so I can't even ask for that. Yeah, all the shows that I want to come back are coming back, I think. Even the shows I didn't think she'd come back, it's, it's still coming back. I, I don't... Yeah, I think sometimes you just got to leave things alone <laughs> and just let it be what it needs to be in our memories. I kind of, I'm a little tired of them bringing things back. Because then it usually doesn't live up to what 
it never lives up to your memories of the show. Like, so anyway. Also, there's a new Dune photo that got posted today with Josh Brolin, who's in this one, which is exciting because I, I did forget that he was in the movie, but I do remember now that he's in the movie and I'm very <laughs> excited to watch the movie and I've started reading the book. And so I'm very invested in what happens now. I'm going to, I don't, I hope I don't compare the book to the movie now. I'm going to try not to do that, but we'll Another thing is um, apparently next year, or the end of this year, next year is the year of the RPAT. He's got four movies coming out: Batman, cool. ba- the Batman, a Devil, the Devil, all the time, Tenant, and Stars in the Moon. He has four movies coming out. So Tenant coming out okay. this year. coming out this year, yeah. But he has another movie coming out this year called The Devil, the Devil all, all the time. time. I've heard about that a lot. Yeah. Then he has Batman, and then the Stars at Noon. So, yeah, it was very excited for our pats he is coming back in a serious way and i think the world is not ready for him let's get let's get taylor lautner in some movies guys today actually and i was like this was not good casting almost nobody was in the right role like <laughs> everyone was shockingly bad in that film in those films Something came out where they said where she didn't want to cast a black person in the movie unless they were the villain or a villain. Ooh. Oh, so Stephanie Meyer when they were milking the movie. Okay, well she can go somewhere. And I think they're also she's also releasing another book in the series. She's releasing think, it's called like Midnight Sun or some some yeah. something like that, and it's from Edward's perspective, which to me is sort of interesting because. I guess we should know more about him than we do. We don't we almost know nothing about this kid, and we—he's been on screen for like they made four movies. So, how do we not know anything about the character? But if she says something like that, I'm not reading it. So she can kiss it. He would be. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. So what have we been watching? I started watching Waco. Okay, yeah. With the whole David Koresh thing. Um, I only made it through the first two episodes. It was still kind of boring, but I'm going to keep persevering and push through. Just because they've got some big names in there. You know, John Leguizamo, you got um, some other people in there. (laughs) Some big names. (laughs) Some other people. Some other people in that one. I want to say Julia Roberts is in it, but I'm not sure. What do you mean you want to say? You don't know if it's her or not? Like, Well, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching this. Oh, okay. You know? So mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't really study it, study it. Mm. Also watch The Platform. It's a gross movie. It's gross. Platform. I'm pretty sure there's an artistic meaning behind it, but the movie was kind of nasty, so I'm not interested in looking up that either. Oh, Yep, so I guess um, my suggestion is read your Bibles, people. Oh. <laughs> it's a perfect time to do it. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, well, the most recent thing I watched, I kind of did watch it twice, um, is the most recent um, DC animated movie, um, Justice League Apocalypse War. And f- watching that for all the criticisms people give about the whole 
uh, Zack Snyder DC film universe being kind of dark. This movie for animated movie, that thing was dark, dark. Like, like all your favorite heroes like being slaughtered like left and right. Like, Ooh. I see my man Nightwing get stabbed through the chest, and I was like, oh no, oh. what's going on? No, yeah, it is yeah. dark, dark. Like, um, Manhunter is like lit on fire and stuff. Like, Wonder Woman loses eye. Like, it is. She lost an eye. Yeah, man. There's, it's yeah. Yeah, it's mm, it's gruesome. Man, like you see people get torn apart and ripped in half for an animated movie, which I know it's targeted to adults, but kids are gonna watch it too. I was kind of like, whoa, hey. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So I've been watching a few gems this week. I watched the Michelle Obama Becoming documentary. Oh, how was it? It was excellent. Um, Michelle Obama is just, she's the queen of our lives. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I... So now you don't have to read the book. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't have to. <laughs> um, she's just so, she's been through a lot and she's such a, she's so wise and just, powerful and just like secure in herself and just inspirational to so many people like there was one scene where there was she was talking to a bunch of people a bunch of college students who were native americans um and this is like obviously after donald trump has been elected and she and like they were discouraged like they were really discouraged and scared and the and the way that she just like reassured them and just like gave them light to have like meaning like just to like feel like they had a purpose still and feel like you know they had a contribution to make to this world like, i was just like that exists like you're on another level like i couldn't she's i don't know a... like she's just she's just incredible like i might actually watch the documentary again because it was that good um yeah it was just excellent and she's excellent and she makes me want to be a powerful woman so um and then i watched the death of stalin which came out in like 20 I don't know, 18, 19, I'm not, I'm not, no, I didn't come out last year, I must have came out the year before, something like that, but so many of the um, film commentators that I've watched have talked about this movie, so I was waiting to see it, and now that I've seen it, like, it's, it's like a, it's like, it's not a, is it a satire? I'm not really sure what it is, it's like a comedic spin on the death of Joseph Stalin, one of the most horrific men in like <laughs> the history of the world so that was very interesting it had steve buscemi in it which was great um it had a whole bunch of people it also had jeffrey tambor but i'm not really sure how we feel about him because i think he does some shady stuff in there yeah um but it was it was a very good movie about like power and all the other stuff and it was also very funny so go watch that if you So is that is like a, is that a whole like mockumentary kind of thing or is it like a real like retelling kind of thing? It's a retelling. Yeah, it's like a retelling. It's not. It's like I think it's probably like the event of what it, what actually happened, but the way that they constructed it, it's like it's almost like too um, it's almost like too crazy to believe that it actually happened in real life. But I think it. I think a lot of those events actually did happen. I don't know the history. I'm not really. If if you like that, 
there's a movie you should watch is called the trotsky it's a canadian movie with um what's the dude from how i met your dragon jay burrell he's in it where he kind of thinks he's the reincarnated like um leon trotsky it's weird but i liked it Leon Trotsky is a friend is a Russian revolutionary. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, I don't know if that's what that movie was. It wasn't yeah. like it was like a big event. It was like a we're showing how Joseph Stalin died, but then all this other stuff is happening in between it. Like That's all we got. Well, I guess that's episode 41. 41? Really? Yeah. Are you sure? There were some weeks that we were not counting. So exactly. So I don't know what to say. Count though. Like, last time we counted, it was like 38. So it has to be 41 now, right? We're in that space. I don't even know. I'll the right number will be on the. <laughs> it'll be on the. <laughs> that number though before like when we started. So yeah, numbers started. don't matter. Time and numbers don't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just wanted to make middle age joke. I mean, middle age is just sneak up on you. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm Here is next. Here is next.